Welcome to our podcast about hookup culture and dating for queer college students. In this episode, we'll discuss the unique challenges and experiences of hooking up and dating as a young LGBTQ person in college. From navigating dating apps to dealing with the pressures of social norms, we'll explore the ins and outs of dating and sex as a queer person. Our goal is to create a safe and informative space for those who identify as LGBTQ to share their experiences, ask questions, and connect with one another. We hope you join us for these engaging and thought-provoking conversations. So grab your headphones and let's get started. It's no secret that even within the queer community, dating experiences vary wildly for different groups of people. Our first guest on the podcast is a Stony Brook sophomore with a perspective on the gay male dating scene for college students. My name is Alex and my pronouns are he, him, his. I am a cis gay man. Relationship status? Single, like okay. upsettingly single, like gotcha. tragically. Okay, and what do you want to talk about? So, obviously this is coming from, you know, my perspective, gay man, all that. And I'm, I'm young, I'm 19. Mm-hmm. And so I, I understand, like, why this happens. But so we, we go through high school, and whether we're out or not, we watch at least some of our peers. And of course, you know, cis have people experiences too. You know, if you don't date someone, you don't date someone. But we watch all of our peers, you know, go through these experiences with, with sex and romance and, you know, hooking up and all this stuff. And we see movies about it. And there was an extra layer of, what's the word? Like, inaccess for us, mm-hmm. just because either you're not out or it's not safe to be, or, you know, you haven't figured that out about yourself yet, or there's just not a population of gay people, there's not enough that you have someone that you mm-hmm. like, whatever the reason is. But I feel like it is it is so, like, much less likely for, you know, queer people to to date and have any kind of experience like that, you know, like prior to college when they, you know, mm-hmm. most likely go somewhere else. And, you know, I'm, I'm here at Stony Brook, which is we're a pretty big school. And we're, you know, mm-hmm. on Island, close to the city. So there's a lot bigger of a population that I have access to, so mm-hmm. to speak. And so I feel like because of that lack of experience, especially young guys are very quick to, I guess, be, you know, and this is not shade at anyone. You know, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with, with you know, having having like casual sex or having a kind of relationship nothing wrong but i feel like there is a over sexualization in a sense for some people and as a community we are too okay with the idea of kind of this is more about like grinder and hookup apps yeah with letting you know really young guys like our age um get on there and be accessed by anyone and Mm -hmm. it is like funny on one side and f- really really scary on the oh, yeah. on the other side. Do you think? And like this may just be the media that I'm seeing that was like the 2000s, but I feel like that was like modeled a lot for like gay char- gay male characters. Yes. Do you think that like comes from that? From um, that was so the I was actually stuff we were watching. I was like totally thick. Up. I was totally totally thinking about this. Like, as I you know I'm crazy. And I was like I was like. No, like, what can I say on the podcast? I'm so excited, you know. No, so there's this, like, really, really, really good show, and I think it's super well done, and it really kind of does actually represent kind of life. It's called, it's called uh, Queer as Folk. Okay, yeah. Um, have you heard of it? Yeah. Have you seen it? No. So I got put onto that, like, sophomore year of high school. I think it's, like, gone now. You, can, like, you can't even find it anywhere, I don't think. Yeah. I got through, like, I think, like, the first season, and it, it is... So, 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 so funny. It's so good. Watch it. But there's, like, there's, like, five main characters, and the two, like, kind of the two that I'm more focused on are named... I, I don't know, but the point is that there's one guy um, who's, like, I think, like, a, like, senior in high school, and he's, mm-hmm. like, 
I think like 17 or barely, barely, barely 18. Um, and his mom finds out he's gay and it's like a whole thing and his parents are really not accepting of him and it's like a, like a really rocky relationship and he kind of finds like uh, a friend, quote unquote. I mean, mm -hmm. a, a friend very, very leniently when I say that. In, I think the guy's name was like Brian or something or something like that. But in this, in this older guy who is... Um, you know, who, who likes to hook up with people and, you know, mm. no, not shit that, but, um, you know, does, does it a lot. And so he, he's, like, hanging around this guy who is, you know, and they're kind of doing stuff. And, like, it's, like, it's funny to watch it. It's a funny show. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, like you're right. It's, like, and, that, like, the show's pretty old. I think came out, like, early 2000s, I want to say. So it's been, yeah. it's been around for a very, you know, for a while. And it's, like, yes, it's accurate, but, like, you're right, like, that kind of is the stuff that is... And there were, you know, age-appropriate yeah. relationships in the show, totally. Oh, yeah. But, like, like when that's being modeled, like... Mm -hmm. And so, like, I, I often kind of, like, go back and forth between, you know, should we tell this accurately as it happens and show this kind of relationship that is, you know, not great because the age gap is, like, severely concerning? Yeah. Or should we, like, sweep it under the media rug and just ignore it, even though it does happen? And so, you know, you're kind of caught in this tether of, like, do we, don't we? Because this is true, but yeah. it's also, like, really horrible. And we don't want to show, you know, people that might watch this show, like, me at 15. And of course, I wasn't being like, I'm going to do this story till you're gone. No, like, 15 years old. No, yeah. of course not. But, like, you don't want to show that to, to younger, you know, queer people. Yeah. Um, or gay guys, I feel like that's typically where it is in, in media. Like, look at this thing, isn't it so cool? Ha <laughs> ha, you know, like, yeah. come on now. I'm thinking about, like, the Fosters and stuff, where, like... I've never seen the Fosters oh. and stuff. I mean, I've heard of it, I don't know of yeah. it, but I've never, I'm sorry. No, and just all the shows with, like, the underage queer kids, like, on dating apps. And it, like, no, go ahead, go ahead. presented as, like, unfortunate, but inevitable. Because it's every single Yeah! Character. And I think about... Like, no, go ahead, sorry. No, no, you're good. I think, I think... Debbie on Shameless got with, like, older women or something, like, a yeah, couple times. I'm, I'm trying to think of, like, shows. I love Shameless. One of my favorite shows ever. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah, like, I see people on Tinder all the time who are, like, 19, 20, and then it'll, it'll be, like, in their bio little asterisk, like, 18. I'm like, like, maybe they messed up, whatever, but, like, how could you? So, like, you got on Tinder when you were yeah. early. And so I think, like, there is such a level of, I don't want to say, like, desperation, but desperation to have anything, mm -hmm. anything at all in high school or, you know, before kind of college, you know, and there, there's there's pressure, you know, that, like, people tend to, and this happens to everyone, especially, yeah, you know, in this community, people tend to, like, rush into that. Mm -hmm. And then that creates dangerous situations, like you have on Grindr, where it's an 18, 19-year-old, 20-year-old guy yeah. talking to someone who's 45 and, you know, meeting up yeah. in someone's car, to, you know. So I think, like, like, you're totally right, like, these things are painted in media, and while it's funny, it's also, like, should we be doing that? And people are so desperate to kind of have anything, and, you know, even in high school, yeah. I, I, I get that, like, I was that, I didn't, I didn't put myself out in that situation, luckily, but, like, been there, done that, yeah. and it is, you know, difficult, and you kind of sit there, and it's like, should I do this? Would it be so horrible? I can be safe, right? Yeah. And then you put yourself at risk to all kinds of really mm -hmm. really bad stuff and it's also like the lack of like comprehensive queer sex ed so you're just like eh, this is normal whatever yes oh my no like ten thousand percent yeah like I, like I remember sitting in high school and at that point i think i was like 14 15 so def definitely not someone who was like i know everything there is to know you know but i think i feel yeah. like i had like some head on my shoulders yeah. not to tie myself up you know a little bit no but i feel like this like, like, I, like no like totally i'm literally no but like 
the sex ed in high school was not great. And even oh. to the point where one of my one of my like best friends here is from California. And I don't know how it came up, but a few weeks ago we were talking and he mentioned that they had like legit actual models and were like like learned how to put like <laughs> your face is funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but they like they learned how to like properly use and put on a condom yeah. with actual models and like did it themselves. And I'm like, I never had that. No, like where was that for me? You know what? I, I'm like, you know, you can you can learn. That sounds bad, <laughs> but you can. No, but but I feel like like even just in this country, not even like specifically queer sex ed, but just sex ed in general is so oh, like awful. So, yes, awful. But there's such a discrepancy about what is taught in various places. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my god, what are we doing? I think you touched on this a little bit, but, like, how is the gay male dating scene unique? Like, how does that impact dating, relationships, etc.? Um, so, uh, yeah, so I think, um, I mean, assuming you're, you know, chill about it, I guess, for lack of a better, for lack of a better term, there, like, there is less pressure to kind of fit into the roles that, I guess typical cis hat people fall into, okay. and so you know if you if you get someone that's like you know I guess normal this sounds bad, um, no 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 but like but if if you get someone that isn't like we need to we need to model man woman and and please yeah. the public eye it can be like a really fun thing you know I've, okay. I've met like a lot of cool people on dating apps whether it worked out with them or not or whether we just decided to be friends or not I think you know we're, you know we're in a queer relationship and there is a lot of fun and to be had there because you are less likely to have to kind of fit in this box mm-hmm. um i don't know if i should mention this so my my friend one of my best friends they're now in a relationship but they're they're a lesbian um and so when they were when they were on tinder this is more about lesbians so i'm just uh-huh. gonna, i'm saying this as like a tidbit that good, they, they told me i'm not you know whatever um but they they were always like it's like people are are too scared to actually be gay and it's always like yes. a hi girly you know well you could talk about this oh my this, god this all the time yeah yeah but like but it, they they always said you know it's all the people are always like hi girly and it's like they're like ashamed and embarrassed to you know be gay to be a lesbian of course yes. that's society's fault not you know theirs but it was always interesting kind of hearing that perspective mm-hmm. um because that's you know like there are some people like that you know on mm-hmm. my my side of the my side of the fence um and so I always thought that was like super like interesting because that's like kind of the opposite you know you see a lot of gay men that are I mean of course there are some that aren't able to be themselves and that's so you know upsetting but of course you know there is I feel like sometimes less of a fear to just be here be loud be yourself our next guests are two Stony Brook sophomores who are exploring the dating scene on campus. Um, can I get your name and pronouns? Yeah, uh, Emily and they, them. I guess just like genderqueer. Uh, I don't really lo- like have a specific label, I mm-hmm. guess, for my gender. And then lesbian. Um, my name is Natalia. I go by to your pronouns. I'm just bisexual woman. Just? Yeah. <laughs> and relationship status? Um, single. I have a girlfriend. So how did you guys meet? What was that like? Tinder. <laughs> yeah. Which I think is funny because um, it feels like a lot of times that, especially for lesbians, like Tinder is such a mixed bag of like, oh, hi, you're so pretty, yeah. you know, or just like hookups. And mm-hmm. so, um, and a lot of times those hookups are with girls who are like curious or something or who want yeah. to explore their sexuality. And it's like, that's fine. But if you're trying to like find a girlfriend or just like a partner of any kind like sometimes it's difficult to 
you know, put yourself on Tinder and be yeah. like, hey, I don't want to hook up. Like, you know, I want to, like, go on a date with you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Were you looking for a relationship on Tinder? Um, I think for the most part, yeah. I think there was some, like, first dates that I went on that I was like, okay, maybe we could, like, just talk mm-hmm. um, or be friends because I didn't see it going anywhere. But then, like, once I met my current girlfriend, I was like, never mind. Like, I want yeah. whatever this is going towards. Yeah, so you talked a little bit about, like, the lesbian dating scene and how a lot of it's like, hey, girly, what's up? Yeah. Like, how do you think that the lesbian dating scene is unique? Like, what does that look like? Um, I think it's unique in good and bad ways. I think it's unique, like, in that way. Mm-hmm. I think that's, like, a negative way because I think that women aren't allowed to really, like, own their sexuality okay, yeah. in general. And so for straight women all the way over to bi women, gay women. Um, I think it's like a universal thing where they don't feel like they can be the first person to reach out or make a move or something. Oh, yeah. And so I think that makes the hey girly um, phenomenon because it's like, oh, maybe I think you're cute, but I don't want to be like, hey, you're cute. And then you feel like you're like creepy or something. Yeah. Um, which I just think is because women's sexuality has been so like taboo and suppressed that they mm-hmm. don't feel like they can have one. You know, That's it has true, to be yeah. so like, pure and hard whatever you know um but i think it's i i think that's good because i think a lot of times um i some people don't like this but i enjoy the like almost messiness of it because Mm -hmm. i think that there's a lot of room for people to still be friends with exes or people that have like okay your friend's ex is your also friend's ex you know Mm -hmm. um and things like that because i think that for the most part you know that's where you find your community also mm-hmm. so you can't just okay you break up with someone not only are you losing that partner but maybe you're losing like a queer friend mm-hmm. which is difficult um and so i haven't personally experienced it so i can't speak for you know the literal drama that might go on but um i do know people that like my friend was talking to one of my friends and then dated my other friend and we're all still friends with each yeah. other because it's like yeah, we have romantic relationships, but I also enjoy the community that we have in general. Yeah. No, of course, like, that's super common. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little messy. <laughs> it is, but... I think because we have, like, the high girly problem in, yeah. like, the lesbian community, it's it's not really a space to have, like, a hookup app be super, super successful, yeah. because I think that, okay, you go on the hookup app and you say, oh my god, girl, you're so pretty, we should hang out. Like, not really insinuating yeah. a hookup. Um, but it's just sometimes it makes me sometimes I'm like hmm I wonder what would happen if that existed between lesbians because I feel like that's one of their biggest barriers with lesbian dating is not being able to be like forward with each other a little it's so double-sided and I feel like sometimes it's hard to understand the other side even though we're all in the queer community together which is like the strange part oh my god because that's all I know what to say that's true yeah because I don't know how to go about it. So then I'm sure the other person is probably struggling to figure out what to say as well. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of just like a, a standstill. Mm-hmm. And it's like, tell me if you like agree or disagree on this, but what I was saying about when you're saying like compare queer relationships to straight relationships. Yeah. I was saying that like usually because of gender roles, one partner is expected to do something. Mm-hmm. Is it kind of because like men are expected to be the pursuers that when you're in a yeah. like queer relationship you're like okay well i'm not the guy so i'm not gonna be like hey girl well, but actually neither yeah. is she you know like um i think that has a lot to do with it but 
because I feel like apps like Bumble try to counteract that and like mm-hmm. they, they make people who identify as women message first but that's still like oh hi and then the guys expect to do the rest which yeah it's almost like you're just presenting yourself and then the exactly. guy talks like they're expected to be like put forth like what they want right away so that you can then agree or disagree versus like um when it's two women or just two not men it's a little bit more quite there's no pursuer it could be both of you could be neither of you could be like one or the other obviously mm-hmm. and you're kind of just trying to figure it out without talking to each other if that makes sense yeah, yeah. and i think it's funny too because like um in those situations like you're saying how men kind of say what they want women don't get to own their sexuality it's because like men are expected to want something you yes, know like to right. want okay whoever they're talking to or to want sex or to want a relationship or whatever and so when they ask for those things, it's like, yeah, like, duh, I was expecting that. But when it's, like, women, it's like, oh, you want a girlfriend? Like, you're, like, lonely or, like, predatory yes. or horny, whatever. Like, I feel like that is usually imposed when someone's really forward. Because, like, we think about, like, queer women who are players or whatever. They get, like, mm-hmm. such a negative reputation. And yeah. it's like, yeah, don't go breaking people's hearts. But it, they seem yeah. to have such a much more negative reputation than, like, men who just go through women yeah because that seems like a normal guy thing to do but when yeah. it's a lesbian it's like whoa we have like a problematic player on our hands you know what i mean yeah i feel like also in in my experience like guys when you're talking to them on these dating apps like they're not trying to be friends first mm-hmm. versus like oh, sure. i feel like me personally when i'm trying to connect with non-men online it's more like, oh my god, you're so pretty, we should be friends, and then we'll get to know each other more, and then that's kind of where the standstill comes in, because it's just like, being polite, being kind, oh my god, hi, you're so pretty, you're so cute, oh my god, do you like coffee? Yeah, me too. Versus like, guys, you're like, what's your stat? And then you're like, okay, well now I know what's going on here. I mean, to be fair, I think that like, there's a level of friendliness that can still be achieved through dating when it's two women, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Because, like, I think with things like dating apps, the expectation is if it's not going right to sexual, it's going to cordial and, like, polite and stuff. And I think that there's, like, in the absence of men, like, just in the queer community as, like, non-men as women in general, when dating there can still be like a cordialness because it's not as you know like objectifying i guess so you can still feel like you're pursuing something romantic without being like sub bitch you know what i mean like it's yeah and i think that that's where people you know toe the line on accident because like okay i want to be friendly but then do you kiss someone in a friendly way or does that feel like you're imposing yourself you know what i mean or and then it's like oh you know, do you want to hold hands? And then you're like, girl, do you even like me? Like, <laughs> and it feels very timid. Because mm-hmm. so many of the Tinder bros are like, friends, but we kiss. Yeah. What does that mean? Go to a party and get drunk. That's what you can do that then. You know what I mean? Like, if you're on Tinder in the daytime, why are you saying friends that can kiss? <laughs> Unless that was your Tinder bio, and I probably no, I definitely not my Tinder bio. I'm trying not to be shady. Um, as someone who's only ever really dated men, mm-hmm. um, I think it's really hard for me to step out of that not comfort zone, but like mm-hmm. 
I've never been in a queer relationship. I guess it's because I've never seen it modeled before. Oh. And I've never seen like the progression of how it's supposed to go. Um, that I don't really know where to start, if that makes sense. Um, a lot of like compet too kind of plays into that. So I feel like it's pretty hard for me at least, but that's probably because um, I'm a scary cat. I think it's almost simpler for me to just date women because like how you're saying in your experience that it's harder to date anyone who's not a man because of the whole like, you know, the tiptoeing around like, okay, are we romantic? Are we platonic? Because that is the only gender I date, you know, as a mm-hmm. lesbian, it's more straightforward for me. It's because I don't know what it's like to be romantically involved with a man, so I don't have anything to compare it to, I guess. Oh, I see. And pretty, I think that's in my experience, just having friends. I've found that my lesbian friends sometimes are more, like, they, they've given up on the whole, oh, how do I go about this with a girl and whatever, because they're like, well, we all like girls here, you know, right. so you kind of just have to be forward about it. Dating is hard for everybody. Um, but they kind of just been like, okay, I gotta, I gotta be forward and like, just say, I like you or whatever. I think you're beautiful. Not like, oh, you're pretty, you know? Um, and then like in your case, or even in my roommate's case, um, who's also bi, um, just hearing from her that like, um, it's hard to approach girls because guys are so much different. Like, oh yeah. You guys have a different struggle that I'm going to have because you see both sides. No, I agree. I think it's like because the only way that I know how to start a relationship or, you know, is the way that men would approach exactly. a relationship. It's like when I get to talking to a girl, it's like, oh, um, what do we do now? You yeah. know, again, I think it also goes back to like not seeing representation Yeah. because even if I ask my friends like, oh, yeah, you know, we just said like. We like each other. It's like, what? What? How does that like? Are we girlfriends? Right. Like, how does that progress? How does that like? Because there's like that we are talking stage. There's dating. There's like with guys. It's almost like rigid, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. But and in my opinion, from what I've seen, because I wouldn't know. I've never experienced a queer relationship. But it almost seems like in a queer relationship, there's less rigidity it's more mm-hmm. like I don't know how to explain it I mean I agree it, and I think that I try to actively not do that because I think that leads to the like strange talking stage thing mm-hmm. where it's like I try to be very blunt about how I feel um like for example I think a lot of times when people pursue each other on dating apps just in the queer community it's like okay let's hang out no, no, I'm going to call a date because you date people you're romantically pursuing so that the other person doesn't feel like let on or not let on, you know what I mean? Um, because I think that I enjoy how, I guess, like, it's a softer progression with queer relationships. Yeah, that's I what I was looking for. Yeah, because I think that there's a lot of time to be more reflective on your feelings. Mm-hmm. Okay. But then... At the same time, it leads to so many, oh, does she like me? We've been talking for six months, and we have the same friends now, and she basically sleeps over every night type of thing. Like, I've seen that, you know, dynamic happen, where it's like, if you're just upfront with, I'm dating you, like, we're going on dates. So, you know, after a certain number of dates or a certain number of time, are we girlfriends or are we just friends? And then I think 
not like I'm trying to date like a man, because obviously I don't think that that's a good way to put it at all, but date with a little bit of rigidity, because I think that the tiptoeing that sometimes that non-men have to do because they're afraid of being like men Mm -hmm. is almost detrimental, you know? And there's also that stereotype of queer women being, like, predatory. Exactly. And I feel like, you know, do I get that fear? Because I feel like I'm giving into it when I say, oh, do you want to go on a date? And then it's like, oh, what? We're romantically pursuing each other? Like, that could feel abrupt to the other person. Yeah. At the end of the day, like, you're not, like, on a date. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I know. No, exactly. And I think that there's an example of me having that fear no matter what I do. You know, you kiss somebody in a very, like, cute like first date appropriate kiss you know what i mean like mm-hmm. not a not pouncing on them type of thing and then you're like oh what did i do like it was yeah, so right. forward and they're like we just had a date like it's okay you yeah. know this was implied romantic um or even asking like oh can i kiss you like coming out of a queer woman's mouth sometimes i can feel like a nightmare to say because yeah. you're like oh like you're saying like i want you and i'm like you know sexualizing yeah. you because as a woman or as just a person who presents as a woman that's the last thing you want to be because you experience that all the time that's yeah how it feels so exactly. you don't want to do to someone else yeah and i think in some ways i think that that makes like romantic stuff and sexual stuff between queer relationships sometimes better because or I guess only on the queer woman side because I can't speak for queer men. But yeah, you know, <laughs> have a little bubble of a conversation. But like, um, I feel like because we've experienced sexualization, just presenting as women in the world, mm-hmm. that we're much more careful with each other's feelings when it comes to like, you know, being like hyper consensual, almost being like, are you okay with this? Like, because, you know, you walk down the street and some guy is saying nice tits. Okay, so now you have to talk to your partner. How do you feel comfortable being addressed? Because if you yeah. want to have a sexual relationship, yeah, are you going to be like talking about each other's body? But you have to be aware that as women presenting people, you've been sexualized, and mm-hmm. you have to do it in like a soft way or a nice way or a relationship-appropriate way that doesn't feel like how men have treated you your entire life. Yeah. So I think that's a little different too. I mean, do you want to talk more about if you want to? Um, being bisexual, dating a man, because I oh, guess, yeah. like, what is that like? Because that's obviously something that not a lot of people experience. Well, actually, I, I, I was going to ask, uh, talk to you about this, because mm-hmm. um, I did have this almost like a little bit of dilemma uh, not that long ago. I think that heteronormative sex puts, like, a really big emphasis on, like, penetrative sex. Oh, we've had this conversation. Yeah. yeah. And, like, obviously in queer relationships, with non-men most of the time penetration isn't the focus with queer with like women anyway sorry but like i think there's so much emphasis on it when it comes to like obviously if i'm having sex with a man it would be heterosexual so like (laughs) so it's there's so much of a emphasis on penetration when like for i feel like myself at least or other women it can be really intense and like there's a lot of pressure to be able to do that, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. versus like in queer relationships, it's completely different. There's a lot more focus on like I guess fingers, hands, mouths, like versus yeah, like in heterosexual sex, it's just yeah. How do I say? It? <laughs> like, I was yeah. gonna say it's just like vaginal sex. And like a penis, and it's not boring, but like not what I meant. 
standard. It's, it's, it's standard. Yeah. It's very rigid. Again, there's mm-hmm. it's the only thing that like is the focus. Whereas I feel like there, like heterosexual people can have sex that isn't penetrative and still like orgasm, still have a good time, still be intimate. And I just think that because there's such a focus on the penetration, it just kind of gets lost there. And do you think that it like having that standard guideline be very set for heterosexual relationships is restrictive or almost helpful? Like, um, how do you That's a good question because I feel like helpful in the sense that we know what we're supposed to be doing here. Yeah. But like restrictive in the sense that like if I'm on my period or if Mm -hmm. I'm having a bad time or like if I can't, if if I'm in pain, then that's it. It's over. Mm -hmm. Versus like in relationships or like in non-heterosexual sex, it's different. There's more to do, if that makes sense. Seeing people's understanding or what they think they understand about sex between like queer women is so <laughs> off and funny yes. because it's like, what do you do with your men? You know, like, what do y'all be doing? <laughs> and I understand that obviously it's like physically different if you're like talking mm-hmm. between someone who's female and male. Um, and it's okay that it's different, but I mm-hmm. think that when they look at you know sex between like two people who are assigned female at first that are like oh what do you guys do it's like such a strange thing of like you know women have sexualities and bodies mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah. it's almost like not, it's like infantilizing it's yeah. also like I would say like invalidating that like oh you can only lose <laughs> your virginity to a man during oh. initiative sex which is like first of all how many lesbians have had sex with only women throughout mm-hmm. their whole lives what are they virgins for their whole life just because they haven't had sex with a man penetratively. As Natalia and Emily mentioned, it can be difficult to own your sexuality as a feminine queer person in relationships. Our next guests are here to discuss that further. My name is Kayla Gomez Milano and my pronouns are she, they. My name is Floral Yu and I go by they, them. And relationship status for both of you. Single. It's complicated, but I would say that I'm single. How do you guys experience dating on a college campus? Apps, meeting people in general, like organically? Um, for me, I think like in, what was the first option you said? Like dating in real life? Like meeting organic, meeting people organically using dating apps. And stuff. Meeting organically. Okay. That's that's where I've had most of the starts of relationships. Okay. But then they fizzle out. <laughs> yeah, that happens a lot. Uh, that's mainly my my dating thing. Um, it's like the same thing for me as well. I don't I don't like to use dating apps because it feels artificial. I like okay. to do it organically, but same thing as Kayla. It's also it's, a little scary yeah. dating it's so uh, scary. dating apps. I mean, like, yeah, you could type in your location and like, yeah, you could tell where they are, but like, at the same time, it's like they they're just showing you what they want to show you. You're not really seeing yeah. them for what they really are. It's like very heavily curated. Very. It, it's it's like another social media, um, mm. because like yeah. it, you're sh- you're showing showing a person or a group of people what you what you want them to see. Yeah. Like, it's all about like curating your profile. Like, yeah. Trying to be S- almost someone, someone you're not. Yes. Yeah. 
but like but like a part of part of you that you might think you are yeah okay. everyone on the podcast has said that like it's harder for them to like meet people organically or like especially other women um and like own their own sexuality and like express like i am attracted to you in a way that doesn't feel predatory do you guys feel that we heavily agree okay so for, for me my i, I kind of want to state how i like became not became by but like my oh, my, yeah, my journey so like i had this really great friend in middle school and we would kind of play out like a relationship but we were fr- we were friends yeah. We were girlfriends, so that I that I grew initial attraction for them around middle school, and then I slowly started realizing, oh, maybe I do like girls, and then I would see like social media and whatnot, and then, but then there was like a part of me where I was like, oh, this is not good, because I I didn't grow up in a, like a strict religious household, but like with an with an ethnic background, and my grandparents who like who like aren't really taught that from their growing up. And then just like not being able to kind of really be who I am at home. I, I always had two different lives. One at school, no matter what year I was in, and then home. Um, and then I started slowly started telling people. The first one I told was my cousin, who was like my best friend. And then I started telling like other friends and whatnot. And se- senior year of my of my high school was when I like told people. And I was like, yeah, I'm bi. I, and then I started playing not I guess playing around is the wrong word but like mm-hmm. figuring out my pronouns okay yeah and I liked she obviously and then I was like I kind of like they too because like it's it, I, I, I don't want to be rude to like any other people but like it sounds fun it's so fun I love it I love it and then and then also, uh, that's mainly the journey but um with like going back to like the woman in the question it's a little terrifying yeah. talking because you don't know how other people are and what their um, sexual orientation is and like what what they like. So it's like, oh, do you like women? Is a, is a, is a little the little hand movement yeah. thing. So yeah, that's, that's just me. I wish it with girls like talking or like talking stage or otherwise. Yeah. But I feel like with girls, I feel like I I I could be wrong. I could be so wrong. I feel like I come off more masculine than I do feminine. Yeah. And then, like, like same thing with you, where it's like, boys, um, sorry, men, put, uh, men representing, I don't know, re- men representing. Yeah. Um, I do come off a little more feminine and a little more girly, which I get. It's not like on purpose. I think it's just like the it's just like the social, yeah, social, um, social background that we've seen that like kind of just innates us to do it. Yeah. But then, like, I'm also also try to act masculine because I, I real I realize I love being androgynous almost yeah. where it's like I'm dressing androgynous and my mom is so against it oh my mom loves it it's so great uh, <laughs> no cause like my anytime like this mm-hmm. she would be like oh, why are you dressing like a boy and I'm like cause and there was this it was last year this, this is no like this is no bad thing on my mom mm-hmm. it's, it's just it's it's different for her which I understand but I I work in installer and we have we like for some some nights we have to dress like nice like black and white attire. So I wanted to wear a tie and she was like she was like why are you dress why are you wearing a tie and I'm like because I want to. Yeah. And then when I came I was like I was a little sad because my mom was like like she's like why didn't you wear a sweater like a, like a nice little shirt and I'm like 
And then when, when I, I was asked my friend to take a picture, she was like, you look so nice, you look so good. I'm like, thank you, this is, I'm living for this. Because I, I, I think I like dressing in ties. Yeah. I want to dress more in ties because they, they, they just get off such a nice feeling. They do. And you in a tie? Very cool. They look so good. <laughs> I feel so nice. Do you guys think that like, because there's often like the concept of like who's the girl, who's the guy in queer relationships. Do you think that that so, make Crowley? Uh, I want to say no, but like I've seen that so much in society where it's like I'm having trouble not seeing the guy in a relationship. Mm -hmm. And I like I want to try to steer away from that, obviously. But like after seeing it all my life, it's like oh maybe there is a guy in the relationship, but like. Mm -hmm. But like, I feel like it could be interchangeable, like, cause like, some queer relationships, maybe one person likes to dress more masculine and one person likes to dress more feminine. But I think that's just like, uh, that's just people's um, more more likes. I think that's, yeah. that's the wrong word, but like having more, a type. yeah, just having a type. Also, I feel like if you're, cause it's like ma toxic masculinity. Yeah. 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 Correctly, yeah. Toxic masculinity. Yeah. It's like if you like for example if you were to look at like a queer relationship and you see someone representing as more masculine, you would like assume that they're the one that's like wearing the pants. Yeah. Wearing the pants, yeah. yeah. Being queer is hard. Being queer is hard. Okay, talk about it. Cause like 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 how I said before, like I've never talked to a, a feminine a girl. I don't, I don't know. I don't know the right terminology. Yeah. I if I'm offending anyone, I'm really sorry. Um, this is just what I know. Um, so like, talking to like a girl who I de who I see attractive, I'm like, oh my gosh, she's so cute. But I it, it's almost like talking to a guy that I find attractive. I cannot talk to them, and if I do talk to them, I kind of do it in like a friendly way, mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, I'm trying to be your friend, but also something more. Yeah. Cause this is one. There's like a few girls I found attractive, and I'm like, I think I'm gonna end up being friends with them. It's not gonna lead to anywhere. Mm. And then with guys, I feel like it's it's different. Although I don't want it to be. I've never talked to a girl with a friendship way, that with, with a relationship type okay. way. That's why. yeah. And I would love to try, but uh, <laughs> too scared. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. A special thanks goes out to our guests. Alex, Emily, Natalia, Kayla, and Flora, and we hope that you'll tune in for the next episode. This has been Mackenzie Yetto for The Statesman.